0: What? You didn't honestly think there was only going to be 5 of them, did you? Yeah, especially the way this fucking team rolls. (laughs) Ha! How foolish of you. Let's begin. Number 5. What if Danny Heatley hadn't vetoed the trade to the Edmonton Oilers? History will dictate what Danny Heatley's legacy as an Ottawa Senator ultimately is. If you were to only judge him by his numbers and the amount of years he played for the team, it would show Heatley as one of the best players to ever play for the Ottawa Senators. Then we remembered how he decked us around when he wanted out of town back in 2009. In the spring of 2009, after a season in which the Ottawa Senators missed the playoffs for the first time since 1996, superstar sniper Danny Heatley requested a trade out of town citing his unhappiness in his new role under head coach Corey Kluson. One day before the start of the off-season for agency on June 30th, Ottawa had a deal in place with the Edmonton Oilers that would have sent Heatley to the Oilers in exchange for Andrew Cogliano, Dustin Penner, and Ladislav Smead. That was until Healy refused to waive his no trade clause, which vetoed the trade. This not only angered Euler fans, but this enraged Senators fans. The Healy situation was similar to what went on with Alexei Yashin years prior, a superstar player who played for the Sens that wanted out of town. The big difference between Yashin and Healy was that Alexei's sticking point was how he was unhappy due to how underpaid he was by the team despite putting up great numbers every season. Heatley's was that he grew unhappy with the role with the team despite getting a big contract. Ottawa would later trade Heatley to the San Jose Sharks for Milan McCulloch, Jonathan Chichu, and a second round pick in 2010 that would later be involved in a trade to bring Matt Cullen to Ottawa. While at the time, this trade was seen as Ottawa getting fleeced and San Jose hitting a home run bringing Heatley to San Jose and pairing him with Joe Thornton. However, looking back at this trade nine years later, it begs the question was trading Heatley really a blessing in disguise while McClellick didn't exactly put up big numbers with the Senators Healy was entering a drastic and sharp decline in production now I have the numbers to back it up here here's Healy's numbers from the 2009 2010 season until 2015 which would be his final season and here's his numbers around now this is over three teams San Jose Minnesota and Anaheim he went from 82 63 53 21 28 and then bottomed out with zero points in six games for the anaheim ducks let's say that heatley weighs as no trade and joins the oilers what would have those players heading to ottawa ultimately look like so an oilers deal would have seen cogliano penner and smith come to ottawa cogliano would have developed into a solid bottom six forward who could put up 40 points every season dustin penner would have been a top six with an anchor contract that the fans were unhappy with and Smead was a solid mid-pairing to third-pairing shutdown defenseman. The Sharks deal ultimately saw Chichu McCulloch and that pick come to Ottawa. Chichu would only play 61 games for the Senators, scoring 5 goals 9 assists for 14 points before being put on waivers by the Senators after calling Matt Cullen. The second-rounder was traded to Carolina for Cullen, like I said, and McCulloch became Ottawa's number one left winger, being a consistent scorer when healthy with a career-high 35 goals in the 2011-2012 season. And was later involved in the Dion Fanof trade in 2015. So let's open up the floor. Now, do you think that a trade to the Oilers would have been better than the trade that we got from the Sharks? I think so. Because Ladislav Smeed is he's better than Dion Phaneuf,
1: ever. Like Ladislav Smead fits into the Ottawa Centers better than Dion Phaneuf would. Dustin Penner, even with the anchor contract, I think would have been better would have been better to have on the team than Milan McCollum. And like Dustin Petter was still very serviceable, and I would even wager to say that. Well, I guess that's ho- that one's tough though because he kind of fell off in LA. Although Milan McCulloch was still a surprisingly serviceable player, and oddly enough, he might have been, ended up better the better player than Danny Heatley after Heatley's decline. Yep. The interesting one is Andrew Cogliano. Like Cogliano, he fits into like that tw- that two-three tweener role. And Although after the Sens went through that fire sale In 2011 he probably would have been shipped out of town As well All things considered I think Ottawa would have been I think Ottawa would have been better off with uh, Penner Cogliano and Smead mm-hmm. Then I guess the hard thing is just We had to take that deadweight Chichu contract Yeah, And that sucked Which is a shame because like Jonathan Chichu is definitely one of those guys you wanted to You wanted to succeed But just didn't and it that was such a weird year for the Senators as well because you had you had Alexei Kovalev was still along for the ride. Was that our first year of Kovalev? No, sec. No, that would have been our second year of Kovalev. Which uh 09010? 09010. No, that would have been our first. The first year of Kovalev along for the And then Sergei gone. Yeah, and then they got Gonchar a year later. I think S- Smeed might have I wonder if Smead would have uh, made it so that they didn't go out and get Sergei Gonchar. Well, no, they played such different roles. Mm-hmm. I think the sense still go out and get uh, Sergei Gonchar. Yeah. And as much as he didn't really perform in Ottawa, I still think that was a good pickup, especially for mentoring Ottawa's young defensemen. Mm-hmm. Although I can definitely see why they didn't re-sign him, given what was coming up through the pipeline with Carlson, Weir, Kosh... And men coming
0: up. Number four, what if Ottawa had accepted the Quebec Nordiques' offer for the first pick in 1993? And with this past NHL season seeing the expansion Vegas Golden Knights defying the odds and making it to the Stanley Cup Finals, making them the first expansion team since 1968, when the original six turned into the nuts original 12. The positive outcome from their first season is a total 180 from what teams like Ottawa went through when they were an expansion team. In 1993, with the Senators finishing their first season with only 10 wins, and ending up with the first pick, which ended up being Victoria Veltigres Alexander Alexandre Degg. Around the time of the draft, the Quebec Nordiques were looking to make some noise by landing a big-name French-Canadian player. They first went to the Toronto Maple Leafs in hopes that they could make a deal where Leafs goalie Felix Puttman came to Quebec, while Joe Sakic went the other way to Toronto. Now imagine if this deal, and number four from our previous top five, happened. The Battle of Ontario wouldn't have seen Mats vs Alfie, it would have been Sackick vs Iserman. When that deal didn't happen, they set their sights on Alexander Degg. While Ottawa didn't trade away that pick, Quebec was so eager to land Degg that they made Ottawa a huge offer for the first pick. The deal would have been the first pick going to the Quebec Nordics with a package of players including Peter Forsberg, Owen Nolan, Ron Hextall and picks coming to the Ottawa Senators. Now take a minute to process this for a second. The expansion Ottawa centres could have had Peter Forsberg, Owen Nolan, and Ron Hextel on their team. Think about that. Ottawa could have sped up their expansion progress by at least three years by simply making that deal. Let's say for a minute that Ottawa makes that deal and they get those players I just mentioned. With Owen Nolan and Ron Hexel joining the team for the 93-94 season, Nolan is immediately paired on the same line with rookie Alexei Yashin, while Hextall provides Ottawa with solid goaltending which helps Ottawa get to a better record the next season but is nowhere near the playoffs. And when Peter Forsberg joins the team for the 95 season, he also makes an immediate impact winning the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year. While these players do great in Ottawa, Quebec has a love-hate relationship with Dag. On one hand, he is the exciting speedster whom they can market to their French fan base. On the other, he can't live up to the expectations of being the next Mario Lemieux and a ship out of town. A few years later. So let's open up the floor. Now, given the information I just provided here. I would have done the shit out of that deal. In Although, hindsight. In, in hindsight. hindsight. Well, even even in the moment
1: you get Hall of Fame goalie, you're getting a mm-hmm. Hall of Well, Ron Hextall's very... Wasn't he Hall of Fame? No. Nope. He's not. You're getting, like, a guy who could be in the Hall of Fame. Like, excellent goalie Ron Hextall. Mm-hmm. You're getting... Well, I guess Peter Forsberg looked phenomenal. Yep. Owen Nolan and you're getting like all-star Owen Nolan like that's a f- that plus draft picks yep it's funny because what's really funny is after this the Nordiques is this the year that the Nordiques also try to like they go they make
0: that deal with Philadelphia or no they made that deal with Philadelphia in 91 essentially this is the package that they got for Lindros in 91 that would have brought came to the Senators
1: Jesus. Like, yeah, this would have been a huge what if. I'm surprised the senators didn't take it, but everyone was expecting uh so much of it yep die. Yeah. So like I can see in the moment why the Sens didn't do it. But even that Ah,
0: Peter Forsberg. <laughs> I
1: know. Can you like, imagine him and Alfie together? Well I want well the Sens probably still get Alfie. Yep. Uh the Sens probably don't get like Ra- they don't get Radic Bonk, they don't get Chris Phillips don't get the
0: first pick so they don't get Wade Redden out of that either 95
1: yeah you know what's it's kind of rough because that is a that does really affect the Sens defense yep they still have they still probably get Shara actually like with Peter Forsberg in the fold Alexei Yashin probably gets probably gets really mad like he that probably really pisses off Yashin Mhm. because like there's even less money for Yashin now yep so, like, the Spezza trade probably still happens.
0: Unless number four from
1: our first top five actually happened. Mm-hmm. Forsberg plus Stevie Y instead of Forsberg plus Sackick? Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. But, like, it's that's definitely fun to, a fun idea to play with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Although I think the Sens probably don't pick up Tugnet.
0: It's true. Or Rhodes. Or Rhodes. Or Laleen. No, I, I think they would still go after Lillian, because Hexton retired in 1999. Yeah. Oh, Patty Lillian. <laughs> yeah, gotta love that mask. Number 3. What if Ottawa had won the Stanley Cup in 2007? It's hard to believe for a newer generation of Senators fans that Ottawa were at one time not only playoff bound every season, but favourites to win the Stanley Cup. After multiple heartbreaking series losses to the Maple Leafs, after multiple years of failing to meet expectations in the playoffs, And after year after year being picked to bring the Cup back to Canada for the first time since 1993, the Ottawa Senators finally broke through and made it to the Stanley Cup Finals on May 19th, 2007, when Daniel Olsen scored the OT winner in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals in Buffalo, winning the series. Unfortunately for Ottawa, they would meet the Anaheim Ducks, a team loaded with stars like Scott Nienemeyer, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, and of course the man who single-handedly manhandled the Senators in the Finals, Chris Pronger. Anaheim would go on to win their first cup in five games, breaking the hearts of Ottawa fans. But let's say for a minute that Anaheim weren't the ones that lost in the finals and Ottawa were cup champs. How would the NHL and Ottawa have changed as a result? Oh, I know one, I know one. As a result from Ottawa winning the Stanley Cup, the Senators are the ones who usher in a new way of how hockey teams are built. Teams that don't overly rely on toughness and grit, but more focus on speed and skill, sprinkled in with some great role players to compliment their star players. See teams like Chicago and Pittsburgh as examples. Not only this, how does winning the Stanley Cup affect the Senators in more negative than positive ways? Had the Senators won the Stanley Cup, Daniel Alfredson would have announced his retirement after 11 seasons, much like what we saw with Solani Niedermeyer after winning the Stanley Cup in 2007. And we could have possibly seen Brian Murray also ride off into the Sunset as well. Think about this for a minute. Without Alfredson or Murray, do Ottawa then turn to Jason Spencer or Wade Redden to be their new captain? Does the Senators follow the path of hiring John Pack to replace Murray? It's tough to say in retrospect. After the 2006 2007 season, Murray would step down as head coach to be the new GM and briefly return to be the head coach. The Senators then fell into mediocrity with them missing the playoffs five times since then. The star players wanting out or being pushed out of town and Daniel Alfredsson leaving Ottawa to try and win a cup, something he never got a shot at. Well... I don't think Alfredson retires. He
1: still had a lot of game
0: left. No, in. but he said, at his retirement, had the Senators won the Stanley Cup really? in 2007, he would have retired.
1: Weird. That's actually really weird. I don't know. I, I'm i not... I really wonder about that. Because mm-hmm. he just seems like someone who loved the game. So, like, I can't see him just voluntarily retiring at the top. Like, he said... Like, he, he says that... He said that, like in 2014. I
0: wonder if he would have actually,
1: 2007 Daniel Alfredson would have actually done that.
0: I don't know. I mean, I know in nowadays he says he will, but you know what? Maybe he figures he won the Stanley Cup, there's nothing left for him to win. Because he'd won a gold medal the year. Yeah, he'd won
1: the Stanley Cup. And a gold medal. Yeah, and he wouldn't have known about Eric Carlson. Yep. Uh, But I guess the the other thing is like, yeah, Brian, Brian Murray probably still would have moved back, back into a GM role.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because like the man had the man was dying and he was still around hockey. Yep. So I don't see Brian Murray riding off into the sunset either. Like I see him sticking around, sticking around hockey until he until he passes. Okay. Um one positive he didn't mention is that the Ottawa O-joke disappears. And Ottawa is also the first is the Canadian team to bring it back. Yep. And I think you probably take the window to the sales of a lot of people, a lot of sense haters, when you can just
0: like, but they won the cup. (laughs) For sure. Number two, what if Brian Fiverr Six hadn't made his Eric Carlson rant? Now let me set the mood. It's mid to late February. It's a cold night. You're at home on your phone or computer. You're scrolling through social media. You come across a video of a bearded gentleman looking upset. You click on it, and this is what you hear.
1: Canada, Are you awake? Are you awake? I got something to goddamn
0: say. I've been holding it in, and I can't fucking hold it in anymore. You can't trade Eric goddamn Carlson. With, this, with the Ottawa Senators nose diving in the standings, and the hashtag Melnik out campaign at full force, Eric Carlson was heavily rumored to be traded, by the Ottawa Centers. Former Bonk's mullet runner Brian Fiver6 decided to make a periscope video venting his frustration regarding the centers looking to trade Eric Carlson, while speaking for every fan who felt the exact same way on the matter. With the rant from Brian, as well as the outpour of support from fans to the mail neck out campaign, it goes to show that if a team pushes their fans too far, the fans ended up pushing back. When we did an interview with Trevor Shackles back in May, I mentioned how this rant turned Brian from somebody that only people who followed Sens blogging knew to somebody who became an overnight sensation in the hockey blogging community. Not only did his popularity explode, but so did sales for his merchandise. Overnight, everyone was rocking the Brian 5 or 6 t-shirts, including Steve Dangle. Hot some Bacho became a thing. Hell, even the Sens players and their wives got in the act, with Nicole Anderson being seen at games in Brian 5 or 6 t-shirts and Eric and Melinda Carlson both following Brian and even responding to him on Twitter. With all of this being said, what would have happened if Brian hadn't made the video? I'm going to make a bold statement, a hot take if you will. Oh, I no. personally believe that if Brian hadn't made the video, the Ottawa Senators would have pulled the trigger on a Carlson trade. It's one thing when your average Joe makes a Twitter post or a post on social media on a specific topic. It's a completely other when somebody who has a sizable following does the exact same. Brian's video, I personally believe, put enough pressure on management to not make the trade. They probably looked at it and went, this is not going to end well if we end up doing this. At the time I'm writing this, Eric Carlson is still a member of the Ottawa Senators. How much longer remains to be seen. If the team was willing to let their greatest player Daniel Alfredson walk, then it's safe to say they would do the same to number 65.
1: That takes pretty hard. I love me Brian five or six. I still, I just think that Ottawa was not getting the return they wanted, so they they punted, and I think that's the that's the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Although I do love that as soon as the trade deadline passed, Brian five or six came was like, I did it.
0: I saved it. I saved the team. Girls, it's not traded. I
1: don't know though. It's kind of weird. It's like. I just want this Carlson drama to be over.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm so fatigued by all this Carlson rumors and news. It's like, look, trade him or don't trade him.
1: What? Like, trade him or sign him. Do something. Yes. I don't want this going to Bears.
0: Nope. I don't want this to be a player's Tribune article he writes where he says, "I love the city. I love the fans." But the thing and one thing I do got to give the Senator credit. senator fans credit for is how mature and how responsible we have been mm-hmm. reacting to this. That's not like how the Islander fans reacted with Tavares. It's not like how the Cavalier fans were reacting. Burning jerseys. Yeah, burning jerseys. We've been like, we know that Carlson's being fucked over by the team. We know that he wants to stay here. But it's such a
1: different situation, right?
0: Exactly. It's
1: but- not like LeBron who said, lol, I'm going to Miami so I can win that cup. See you later. And away he ran. That was, like, the way LeBron did it back in 07, 08 was 20, rough. I think it was 2010. Oh, 2010. But, like, the way he did that was rough. And you could te- you, you could see the fu- The fans were justifiably angry. Yeah, and even uh, this past year when
0: he, he fucked off to L.A.
1: Oh, that L.A. team is going to be weird. I wonder how it's going to work, but that's also a digression. We got to follow that now. It's going to be interesting. Well, it's like the East is just going to be...
0: Nothing there. Well, it's like... It's all the Western teams. It's... Well, it's it's like the NHL used to be... It's your Lakers. I mean, Spurs, I think they're kind of breaking apart. The Rockets. Yeah, they're sort of breaking apart now.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like how the NHL used to be back around, like, 2010, when all the good teams were in the West except for Boston. Yep. And, well, Boston, Pittsburgh, Washington just kind of made their... They just kind of had their way with the division. Yep. Uh, that's just not healthy. But, uh, yeah. No, like, it's going to be weird when, if they actually do deal, deal Carlson, because it's going to be like, oh, I guess that did happen. Like, it's not going to be, like, this big emotional event, because it's just gone so long. Yeah. Although I think we'll probably get a good, like, Brian will find a way to just really hit it home.
0: What I really hope is that the day Eric Carlson gets traded... Eric Carlson goes to have beers with her, Brian 5-6 at his house. Just knocks on his door and he shows up. Or he's like, Larry! Larry! Brian! Eric's here! Larry! Eric's here! Holy shit! Ah! That would be the best thing. Oh my god. That's totally gonna happen. Please. Please. And the number one another sends. What If, is... What if Brian Murray hadn't lost his battle with cancer in 2017? In July of 2014, the Iowa Senators had announced that Brian Murray was diagnosed with cancer and was seeking treatment. On November 13th, 2014, Brian Murray announced that he had stage for colon cancer, which had spread to his lungs and liver. And sadly, on Argu- August 12th, 2017, Brian Murray lost his battle with cancer at the age of 74. The passing of Brian Murray not only left a huge hole for the Senators, front office, but unknowingly to all of us at the time. It also meant that all hell was about to break loose over the next several months. In the months after Murray's death, fans quickly learned what he had done for the team after several events occurred that altered the centers for the worst, including Melnick threatening to move the team, the Melnick out campaign, Eric Carlson trade rumors, the Hopkins slash Randy Lee situations. Those are some Alf- things Alfredson leaving too yep that too. Those are some of the things that Murray would have done something about. He would have been the one talking to the media during the alumni game which wouldn't have led to Melnick talking to talking to the media and later causing the Melnick out campaign. he would have let Eric Carlson vent to him after several altercations with Melnick he would have nipped the Hoffman situation in the buck and he would have suspended Randy Lee immediately after he got arrested. Brian Murray in many ways was the buffer between the Senators players and Eugene Melnick. One story in particular that comes to mind after Murray's passing was that when the Senators lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins in the opening round of the 2010 playoffs, Eugene was reportedly so irate from the loss that he tried to storm into the locker room to chew out the team only to have Murray block the door so he couldn't get in. Numerous players turned to Murray after run-ins with Melnick occurred. Without Brian being the buffer for the Senators, Melnick was now free to do what he pleased and how did that turn out? Well, it led to Kyle Turris being dealt in the town. It led to threats of moving the team during the NHL 100 Classic weekend, which also led to fans being so pissed off that the Melnick Out campaign began. It also led to numerous inc- incidents involving team personnel and spouses of wives, spouses of players not being handled. It also led to Eric Carlson leaving the Senators. Potentially leaving. Potentially. While you can make the point that Brian Murray being the buffer as a good thing, as it kept Ottawa's core of young players in check, it also served to mask many of the underlying problems within the Senators' organization. Despite all of this, Brian Murray will always be remembered by the fans as a great GM, a great head coach, and a great human being. Yeah, it's...
1: It's insane just how Brian Murray is the one keeping this whole thing together. Yes. And yeah, I can't believe that, like he's gone. Like just his passing, just let all this shit happen. like just open the floodgates, and it's a it's a massive loss for uh, the Ottawa like the Ottawa community and the hockey community in general. And like watching a team self destruct
0: like this, I don't think
1: like no one can be happy.
0: No, and we haven't seen anything like this before. And the closest thing we've seen. Was what happened with the post-cup run since team of oh seven oh eight, where the team started crumbling internally. But it—it it wasn't like it didn't, anything
1: like this. Anything like this, and I can't think of another sports team, like even within like the like NBA, NFL, that's crumbled quite like
0: this. Baseball, we haven't seen it. Yeah, like, and I'm know. sure that somebody online will listen and be like, "Well, what about this team? What about that team?" But I like, we're talking about. The owner
1: just throwing constant shit fits like the harass like the hoffman harassment campaign is just so far out of fucking left field yep that like all of this stuff together in one season like and this is just one seat like going from like a franchise high point to like these depths over one season yep this is this is just something else like i don't think i've ever seen anything like it and but this like the other owner the other NHL owners can't be happy about this because what's happening in Ottawa, it's like you probably have a bunch of fans looking over there. It's like this could happen here. Like if things get bad this could happen. And that kinda like that really destroys kind of the like that separation between your like the world and the sports world. And that can't be good for other teams ticket sales. No. And like this is like this is like this negativity and probably and it'll probably be a drag on other teams' revenues, mm-hmm. and that's not just because Sens fans aren't going to be paying. It not just because the Sens aren't going to be paying to go see the Sens in like Calgary or Edmonton or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like this is rough, and goddamn if Brian if Brian Murray's watching us from above, I hope he sends some sort of sign. To cut this shit out. I
0: bet he's he's probably rolling in his grave right now if he could see how far this team has gone south.
1: Yeah, and it's like I feel like I really feel for Pierre
0: Dorian because he's he's stuck. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, that wraps up another top five Senators. What ifs? I hope you enjoyed it because believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. If you're on iTunes, please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash third line plug Sensecast, because our bod dave made the mention we are on google play music you can find us on google or twitter so, at third line plugs our twitter handle tim is at m 91 honey badger and i'm at great white gibster g-r-a-w-i-t-e gibster if you want to shoot us an email to talk about some of these top i guess top 10 sends what else that we've done you choose an email Sensecast at gmail.com until next time guys i am your host Tim gibson and this is tim jackson that's sounds guys. It is up. They're going home.